understand the next time you play your family, that to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. I am recording, we'll yes. In three, two, one. Welcome. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave this in the beginning of the episode. Please okay. don't edit that out. <laughs> Take two. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Shy Hearts, <laughs> to Meet Us at Molly's episode 32. Wow, 32. Um, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Bryna. With me, as always, is Gina. Hello. And Ashley is not here tonight. She is having some internet issues and weather sucks. And yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Um, So she's not joining us tonight. But we are here to talk to you guys about Chicago PD Season 5, Episode 11 called Confidential. Um, But before we do that, we're going to jump right into the news. Um, If you don't, for some reason... Watch Med, so you didn't listen to episode 31, which talked about this week's episode of Med. We kind of talked about it a little bit there, but there was a lot of news this week. TCAs were being held, and so, um, yeah, TCAs were being held, and so there's one day for each network. So NBC's was on Tuesday? Wednesday? Tuesday or Wednesday, and if you don't know what TCAs are, it's the... Television Critics Critics Association. Association. Yeah? That's what we're thinking it is, yeah. That's what we're thinking it is. But it's basically TV Christmas. Like, if you follow the hashtag, it's TCA18. All of your favorite TV critics, TV writers, whatever, they're all at this TCA gathering. And it's so great because they get to see new shows. They get to have panels on existing shows. It's it's the best. Yeah. And it is in our – it is the Television Critics Association. We have it written in our outline. I don't know – Anyway, um, and they do it. So there's a couple different times of the year. So this is their like winter press tour. Um, so Tori and Jesse Lee Soffer, Tori DeVito and Jesse Lee Soffer were there representing one Chicago. And so we talked a lot about the Tori stuff in our episode 31. We're going to talk right now about all the Jesse stuff. Um, so there's just a lot of different very interviews. I mean, there's something I kind of want to touch on in each of them. So we're just going to go through them real quick. Um, One of them he did with ET Canada. The biggest thing that came out of this was, well, there's two things. One, March 7th is the 100th episode. Fun fact, that's going to be the 100th episode of PD, also the crossover. So we're thinking it's kind of going to be the first one right after the Olympic break, but we could be wrong. We don't know that for sure. Gina and I are also just really excited because it's the one right after we get back from Chicago. So we're going to be just like on this Chicago high. Um, it's going to be really great. Um, Chicago all of the things. It's going to be all of the things. Just not even Mark your one- calendars. Yeah. Mark your calendars. Um, Jesse says they did it kind of backwards. And so it apparently it starts with PD and then goes to fire. But they've only filmed fires parts and not pd so he doesn't know how it starts he just knows how the crossover ends um which is weird but um and then i guess the other thing it's not really news but just something we kind of wanted to touch on was the um he was asked about the whole jason begay sophia bush thing and just no 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 like i get it 
you know, it's newsworthy, but this is definitely, first of all, he shouldn't be asked about it in general, especially because, like, nothing has ever really truly been confirmed. Um, but also, not the pre- not the not the TCA press tour, like, of all Not, places. like, interviewing and things like that in general. Like, I not, mean, yeah. You and I are, you know, we've got experience interviewing. I'm, I would not call myself a journalist. I would probably call you a journalist because you do a lot more stuff than I do. But yeah. both of us know that, you know, that's like the cardinal rule is like you never talk about the scandalous stuff. Right. And even, I mean, yes, I have studied journalism and yeah, that is right. Like you don't talk about it. But also like if you are going to bring it up, you wouldn't bring it up on a red carpet like that you would bring it up in like a one-on-one where you have like you know a good solid like you know whether it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour or whatever it is like not in a two-minute red carpet interview no or you would bring it up of like you're Stephen Colbert and you like to touch on the hot button issues like right and oof. like this doesn't even involve him it was just no ET can't it was a just no face palm moment yeah just face palm yeah but so that was the one from ET Canada and we'll link all these. We'll post them on our Twitter. And I promise we will actually post them on our Twitter at the time. Um, <laughs> then there was one from this YouTube channel. Or I don't know. I guess they have a website called Popcorn Talk. Which yeah, I've that's never a heard one. of. Um, my only thing that I just thought was really funny is so every, I watched this. And Jesse would say some like funny things or things that were like kind of funny or, or jokes that had already been told, whatever. And there was like a three two or second three second delay between jesse finishing his thought and the interviewer like laughing at what he said like it'd be like jesse be like oh yeah and that was you know like so and so one two three oh yeah that's funny like it's just like i was like no just no awkward awkward um then there's one with access hollywood um, I mean, a bunch of the same kind of things, talking about the crossover, Jay's previous storyline. One I thought was funny in this, um, they mentioned, obviously, they're talking about the whole, like, Camilla stuff. And she's like, yeah, like, well, last week you told her you loved her. And literally she said that, like, the interviewer said that. And I was like, ha. Like, I couldn't stop myself from laughing. I was like, Jay told a girl he loved her. No, he doesn't. Like, that's funny. Like, I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, but Jesse also talks about in this one how he wants to see Halstead to be the one to come to rescue for Voight. Like, okay. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of, like... I don't see this happening, but... Like, I see Halstead and Ruzik, like, fighting over it at this point. Because both of them are in such deep shit with him. Yeah, but I don't see it, but... Jesse, I'll just write, let you write your little fan fiction in your head. Like, <laughs> hey, we've already, like, they've already filmed him on a motorcycle, so dreams do come true. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, if you say it, it can be reality. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Um, Wait, you understood that movie reference? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, but um, then there was one with After Buzz. Um, Again, same kind of things. He talks about the 100th episode crossover. Um, but I like this question a lot. Somebody, after Buzz asked, um, what would Jay's New Year resolution be? Like, I just thought that was kind of, especially because this is right still around the New Year, I just thought that was a cool question. Um, 
And he says, he's like, Jay's New Year resolution is to sit down and stop dating all the women that he shouldn't be dating. <laughs> yes. 100% yes. agree, Jesse. 100% yes. agree. Um, and then the last thing was an article from TV Guide. I, oh, yeah, it was during the TCAs. Um, and it's just about, like, does Halstead and, like, do Halstead and Upton have trust issues? Um, Jesse says, he's like, he's very aware. Jay is very wary of her, and I think he doesn't trust her yet. Um, but maybe that will ultimately bring them closer and the bond, the two of them, and he can start to find himself again. So I wonder why he doesn't trust her. I mean, I know that's like his nature. Yeah. But for him to still not trust his partner, I'm just like, what is behind that? Yeah, I think it's just, that's his nature. And I think not even that. Because like what we said before, I don't want Upton and Halstead to be romantically involved. But I just think, too, that, like, Lindsay was – obviously, Lindsay was the love of his life. But also, Lindsay was his partner. And not only did she just, in terms of their, like, romantic relationship, up and leave him and ghost him as his partner. I mean, I guess they technically weren't partners at the moment. But still, like, as his – Basically, the part his partner the entire time he was intelligence, like she also just upped and left him. And so I think in that sense, he feels abandoned still, not even just in a romantic sense, but in just like a work partner sense. Yeah. And so maybe he does he's just like afraid, which it's hard in this line of duty because you do basically have to trust your partner with your life. Mm-hmm. So it's hard that he doesn't trust Upton. Um, but I just don't think he's there yet because the last time he did that, not even, like I said, romantic, when said stuff aside, like, she upped and left. And mm-hmm. left him and, like, abandoned him for a different job. I both, like, do and don't want to know if Lindsay ever got in contact with him after she walked off that bridge. Uh, I'm going to choose to go with no, but... And I think about it. Past, I'm just gonna. And I think about it at least from a work sense. She she did it to him twice. Because she went to the feds the first. I mean, ultimately she came back. But I mean, and so romantically they well they kind of were involved at that point. Um, But like he she left went to the feds. Or whatever it was, it was the feds, right? It was federal task force. Um, It was the task force, yeah. She left. Bannerman is a partner, and then comes back. And then she did it again. So I just think he has trust issues. A, because it's his nature, but B, because of his experience. Good point. True story. Anyway, that is all the news um, related to Chicago PD. Um, Like I said, lots of stuff from the TCAs. As always, if we've missed something, send it to us. We're only three people. We can only get through so much, especially because... We can't be on Twitter all day as much as we would love to be. Um, as much as we try to be. As much as we try to be. Because we try <laughs> so hard. But yeah, so without further ado, we're just going to jump right into the episode. Um, as always, we kind of broke this down. The case is the biggest part of this. But we did also then further break it down into like Ruzik slash Berzik and then Jay. Um, we haven't said Berzik in so long. I know. I know. It's say big. it again, Brina. Say it again. Berzik. Ah, yes! I love it! <laughs> and the fact that they get their whole, like, albeit small, but they get their whole category. So, like... It's just such a wonderful word. 
Perzik. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, this episode was pretty case-heavy. It's really case-heavy. And I was, like, when I, so I did this outline and I was trying to think about it. I was like, oh, okay, what are, like, kind of the different storylines? And I was like, Jay, obviously. And I was like, well, Burgess. But I was like, I can't take Burgess out of it because everything Burgess is pretty much the case. So it was hard. Um, yeah. But anyway, so the episode opens and Burgess is meeting with her new informant, Sienna. Um, and she had given Sienna this kind of this month um, to bring her something, just like anything, so that Burgess wouldn't charge her with drug possession. Um, and then in turn, then make her a CI. And Sienna, you know, doesn't really come to her that much. She says, you know, at first she's like, oh, well, my friend Isabel um she works at the same club as I do um you know her boyfriend beats her and Burgess like as much as that you know it's terrible like we don't do anything with domestic abuse um and then Sienna's like well wait Isabel told me about a murder that Isabel's boyfriend had committed a while ago and he supposedly left the body behind this abandoned factory and Burgess like doesn't really believe her and kind of is like well whatever um and she's like Sienna you have three days to give me something real or I'm gonna file the charges which is kind of harsh, the first moment of Burgess's harshness um, throughout the episode. Um, She's so intense, this episode. Yeah, and I think it's just because, and we'll talk about this later as we get through more of Burgess's intensity and harshness, but I think it's just because she's trying to prove herself. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, so Upton had gone with her, and Upton was sitting in the car this whole time. So when Burgess gets back in the car, Burgess is telling her about what Sienna said. And Upton feels like it's worth calling in and just giving it a look. And Burgess is like, this is my first CI. And the book says not the extend the deal. And Upton says, you know, the book isn't always right. And sometimes you have to trust your gut. Um, since when is Upton the one saying break the rules? That's true. I never thought about that. When is Upton the one saying to break the rules? Well, I think it's not so much breaking the rules. I think it's the rules mixed with experience. You know, there's there's only so much that the rules can teach you. There's a lot that experience teaches you that you don't learn elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but to me, my first reaction was just like, oh, wait, Upton saying don't go always go with the book. What? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. I've never really considered going with your gut being breaking the rules. But I think now that I just said that I made it OK for every hip a law natalie manning has ever gone against <laughs> yeah i don't know anyway so later on upton eventually you know she gets a call and pulls burgess to a homicide scene um turns out upton had called in sienna's report because she just had this hunch that sienna was telling the truth and they did find the body behind this abandoned factory and Upton's like, Sienna's story was a little too weird to be fake. She's like, and she's like, I'm sorry if you, if I overstepped. I'm sorry if I overstepped. And Birch is like, you did. She like, she's not usually this defensive, but I also get where she's coming from because at least have the respect to tell me, you know? Yeah. And especially if Burgess is learning you know, she needs somebody to lay it out for her step by step and say, be like, okay, this is why I'm following up on this. This is what, this is how this works. This is my thought process here. So I understand that because if 
somebody, if a coworker went over my head like that and didn't have the decency to tell me, I would feel like they didn't respect me. So I do get it. It just took me a little bit to think about it. Yeah. So back at the district, Upton and Burgess are filling in the rest of the unit, filling the rest of the unit in on the details. They know about both this Jane Doe and Isabel because Sienna, when she was talking to Burgess the first time, Sienna had said she hadn't heard from Isabel in a while. So Sienna is also now a missing person, and they think that maybe the two are connected. Um, and so Burgess is concerned that D, which is um, Isabel's boyfriend, because Sienna doesn't know Isabel's boyfriend's name, he's just referred to as D, may have already killed Isabel because she's been missing for three weeks, um, and since Isabel's boyfriend had killed this other, I mean, not confirmed, but had killed body this Jane Doe found behind the warehouse maybe he's already killed Isabel too so Alan and Antonio go to the medical examiner to kind of find out why what happened to Jane Doe apparently she died due to blunt force trauma and there's one other thing worth pointing out Jane Doe apparently had lots of cosmetic procedures nose lips butt boobs you name it and Antonio's like, oh, well, maybe we should get the list of, like, nearby plastic surgeons. And then he's like, no, 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 like, that's a waste of time. You know, she's injected with motor oil. Ah, gross, gross, gross. I, oh, my God. I was like, it took me, I, like, had to pause it when I was watching. And I was like, motor oil? Yeah. Motor oil? Yeah. There's, like, a whole, not really, like, there, yeah, just, oh. I don't like, I, for lack of a better term, there's like a whole black market of like these shady, shady cosmetic procedures that go down with things like motor oil or like synthetic rubber or some crazy stuff. Like, I've heard, it's I feel disgusting. like, of synth- synthetic rubber, but motor oil? Yeah. Oh, God. I can't. I know. Anyway. Ugh. I just like, I get chills talking about it. Um, yeah, and like your body's going to attack it. So, like, of course that's not going to go well. Yeah. It. Yeah. So Burgess goes and meets Sienna because she wants to get some more information. Um, but all Sienna can really be concerned about is not getting charged with a felony. Since she'll never get hired for a rest by a restaurant if she does. And she's training to be a chef. And, you know, she's getting her life back on track. Um, but Burgess tells her, she's like, you know, um, Isabel stayed at a shelter for a while. Or no, Sienna tells Burgess that Isabel stayed at a shelter for a while. Um and that, she's like, that's all I can really say. She's like, I don't really know anything else but that. Um, so Burgess and Upton go and pay to visit. Apparently, Isabel stayed there a couple times and worked with one of the counselors named Amanda. Amanda said the last time she had heard from Isabel was about three weeks ago when she was on her way to get some cosmetic surgery that her boyfriend really wanted her to have, and but she didn't have the name for a boyfriend or the surgeon. So it's kind of starting to line up with everything they had learned aside from that. Um and so the – I guess he's the founder of the um, shelter. He's also there with Amanda and, they're, and Burgess and Upton are like, well, if you hear anything or know anything else, like, let us know. Um, we'll probably be back for more questions. So, Gina, do you want to take over or you want me to keep going? Oh, I'll take over. Yeah, so Upton meets with one of her own informants. His name is Raul and – they basically she wants to see if he knows anything about any off the books medical clinics. Um, totally side note here, but 
first off, they're having like a leisurely stroll through the snow. I'm like, aren't you cold? I'd be, but whatever. Also, Raul gives her tamales and like color me so jealous because tamales are the effing best. <laughs> best. Please tell me you have access to tamales in DC, Bryna. I mean, you might hate me. I don't think I've ever had tamales. <gasps> I don't eat a whole lot of like Mexican food. I eat some, but I don't eat a whole lot of it. Oh my god, it's such a like it's like a tradition in maybe just Texas. I don't know about the rest of the South, but to have tamales on Christmas Eve. Oh my god, they're so good. Like to die for. Yeah, that is definitely probably a Texas thing because that is not we need to find you some this summer. It's not where I live. Yes, when I come to Austin um, in June, we will definitely find some. But yeah, not a thing. Especially not Christmas Eve, I guess. I, but being a Jew, I just associate Christmas with like Chinese food. But you know. <laughs> there is a Chinese restaurant here in my neck of the woods where like it's like the hottest reservation on Christmas. It's like the hardest one to get into. Really? Yeah. That's so, so funny. funny. So funny. Anyway, so... Ruzik and Atwater, who are wearing coordinating shades of plaid, by the way, um, they are able to ID the Jane Doe, and her name is Sylvia Castro. So once Raul gets back to Upton with some information on the medical clinic, Burgess and Upton go find it, and they basically tell the doctor, air quotes, to tell them what Isabel's boyfriend's name is. And I love this because when they come in, the uh, fake doctor's in the middle of a procedure, and Upton's like, don't come back. He's not a real doctor. <laughs> and she says it all smiley. So good. Right. Yeah. And so back at the district, Antonio gets off the phone with Sylvia's sister, and she informs him that she met her boyfriend while she was staying in the women's shelter Jenny's Haven. And like, I feel like all the women's shelters in Chicago have like really like creepy names. I don't know. That's just me. I can't remember the name of the one from the, the episode where Jay went undercover last season at the girls' home. But, like, I don't know. They have, like, ominous sounding names. They're always going under. Not even, like, I think that. No, it's just PD. PD's always doing. I think there's always at least one episode per season where there's something involved with a women's shelter. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And so. Let's see. Yeah. So Kim says Isabel was at the same shelter and they both had their surgery paid for by the same guy named Damien Soto. And it turns out that Damien is a pimp, but also the founder of the shelter. He sounds wonderful. And I can't remember the alias he goes by at the shelter, but he goes under an alias. And then once they pull him up in the computer, they confirm that it is, in fact, the same guy. Oh, it's Juan. I, I just Juan. watched yeah, it before yeah, yeah. recorded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Burgess and Upton go and meet Sienna and they give her an update on everything. And Burgess wants Sienna to talk to the heroin dealers for her, even though she's clean. Yeah. She tells. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, yeah, because Sienna is still hooked on heroin and they think that by talking to heroin dealers that, um, you know, they'll find is I think I said Sienna, but I meant Isabel. Um, and, you know, be able to track down Isabel and find her. And, yeah, so she tells Sienna that if she doesn't help her, the only place that she'll be cooking is in Statesville. Burgess. Come on. Girl. Yeah. This is not like Burgess. And, like, you know, she goes all Burgess from time to time. But, man, she is just, like. She's harsh. 
she's really harsh and like i'm surprised that you know later on in the episode upton's the one who's telling bird just like hey these aren't cis they're people and i feel like that's something that burgess would be telling upton and not the other way around yeah one would think i know it's really surprising and so Upton looks at Burgess when Sienna leaves and she's like, listen, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but I'm also going to tell you how to do your job. That was pretty hardcore. And just, uh, 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 yeah. So, and Burgess is like, no, she's a CI. This is what she signed up for. Hang on, hold the phone. So are you telling me that CIs in Chicago, they like commit a crime and they risk their lives to get out of it. And that's just like the name of the game. And if they die too bad, so sad. That's what Burgess is saying. What has happened to our sweet little Burgess? I don't know. Good Lord. And so the team puts out a bolo on Damien's vehicle and tells the team to hit the streets. And thankfully, this is not like last week where like Olinsky rolls up into an alley and is like, hmm, my car has broken down. Let me see what is wrong. Like they're a little more inconspicuous this time. And... So Voight meets with a quote, quote unquote friend who runs a high end escort service and she has no information to give him. Before he leaves, however, she asks him how he likes Nicole, but he's quick to make it clear that he only talks to her like it's like a therapy session. Whoa. Stop the presses. What? I know this was the reveal that it's so just like fast, like you could have blinked and missed it. But you're saying... Voight has a hooker that he uses to talk to like it's a therapy. What? Yeah, I don't even care if they're just talking. He's still talking to a hooker. Dear Lord. Yeah. Um, We got an email from Kate and she's like, can we address the elephant in the the room? Voight Voight and his hooker, Nicole, not hooking up but just talking? What? And then she said, possibly a setup to bait Denny? Because Voight plus Hooker equals losing his job. Why? Why? Uh, I have questions. Uh, yeah. I uh, Yeah. Like, why can't you just go see a normal therapist? He has. We've seen it. I know. But why can't he just keep doing that? Yeah, I just at the end of the day, Voight has, Voight has been set up with a Hooker. And even if they're just talking, like... Like you said, why did you stop seeing your other therapist? Why do you have to talk to a hooker? I have so many questions. Who encouraged him to, like, did he, did someone, how did he get, I mean, obviously this, this person is a friend of his, um, not Nicole, but the friend who runs the high-end escort service, um, but, like, did she approach him about possibly getting a hooker? Did he approach her? Like, how did this whole thing just unfold? Right. And if this were anybody else in his unit, he would flip shit, even if it was Al. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're putting everything at risk. Like, pretty much just a, a, Preach. I have a million questions. Yep. A million questions. And, like, why would you bait Denny? I, I just, I don't know. I have a million questions. I'm just not, I guess I'm not as, like, I'm not good at playing people the way Void is, so I just... Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Wow. Just let that sink in. Boyd has a hooker. Just, what? I can't even take you seriously when you say that. I know. Voight has a hooker. 
Like, I would take calling Burgess and Upton burped in. I would take that more seriously than I would avoid having a hooker. Like, I would take your fake dance with the stars name serious more seriously. <laughs> we are not going to share that on the podcast, no. but it was really funny. Just trust us. <laughs> I would take that more seriously than this. Just we'll just say this, okay? So yeah, we do we do watch Dancing with the Stars here at Meet Us at Molly's, but all of us, all of us. My name is Gina. Val's name is Val. Put our names together, and we will leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> refocus. Now that I know you're laughing about that, so Burgess and Upton get called to a homicide scene, and Sienna is dead on the ground with two gunshot wounds to the chest. Oh, Burgess. Yes, another homicide scene. Saw this coming. Sorry, Burgess. Yep. So Burgess informs the officer that, you know, she was her informant, and they found information on the dealer on Sienna's phone, so Voight tells them to pay him a visit and squeeze him for answers. So... They go to this guy's house and his name's Eduardo. CPD barges in and they find heroin in the house. But again, this is just so great because, you know, Atwater is our door guy here. So Atwater moves it aside. He's like, are you Eduardo? Move your punk ass out of the way. (laughs) And like, I don't know why, but the minute Atwater gets all serious and all business, it's hilarious. Why is it so funny? It's so funny. And it's just like, just LaRoyce is just so good. He's like, move your punk ass out of the way. And it's just, He said something else right after that. He was like, yeah, I'm not in the mood. Like, (laughs) I guess the guy said something to him. But, oh, man, I just. It's good. I don't know. It's just so funny. I just, yeah. When he was like, move your punk ass out of the way. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's me before coffee. If somebody tries to, like, talk to me or get in my way, I'm like, move your punk punk ass ass out of the way. (laughs) So they talk to Eduardo. Burgess tells him that he has two options. Either they bust him for heroin possession and conspiracy to commit murder. Or they can, or, yeah, he can help them find Isabel. And so he admits that, you know, Damien told him to send the text so Isabel could talk to her friend and Damien's coming over in a few hours to score some product. So PD tells him to pretend like everything's normal. So this car rolls up. It's an unknown driver and they drop Isabel off and Atwater and Ruzik still in their coordinating shades of flannel or plaid, whatever you call it. Um, they drive up to the car and they get out with their guns, but they reverse like the guy reverses the car and takes off. He pretty much goes all like Fast and the Furious on him, and Ruzik's like, "Damn it, curse you!" My favorite thing though is right before this, um, Atwater and Ruzik are in the car and they're talking and they're waiting for the guy and is whoever dropped her off Isabel to show up, and they're talking about because in the scene, you know, in the scene before this, like in the house when they're um, dealing with Eduardo. Um, Antonio makes a thing and he's like, yeah, you just became my informant and just like casually drops it in there. And they're having this conversation. They're like, man, like Antonio just dropped that in there so fast. He's like, why can't he be like a team informant? And I'm just like, that's <laughs> not how this thing works. So funny. And they're like, but that's how that we do like, it. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. They're like, he's so good. And he's like, that's how we need to do it. I'm like, yeah, that's because Antonio is the greatest and there's never enough Antonio Dawson in PD. True story. Amen to that. I love when we get to see them have their little like caught moments of like, you know, we're not grown up detectives yet, but just adorable. How Those many, two are such a bromance. Do you think we'll ever hear word of Atwater's promotion to detective ever again? 
I really <laughs> hope that we do. I'm unfortunately not hopeful, though. I think they will probably forget about that, which I really wish they wouldn't. We are just going to make him captain, not captain. I'm just, I meant to say <laughs> cannon. And then I said something else and fires on over Brenda's shoulder on my computer right now. So I just, yeah. Um, I just, we will make it canon in our own heads that he is a detective. Yep. So anytime that somebody's like Officer Atwater, we're going to be like, he's a detective, damn it. Just whatever. Damn it. I don't think we're going to hear about it again. I really hope we do, though, because. Yeah. Same. I want all three of them to make detective. Burgess, Ruzik, and Antonio. Like, or Atwater. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Antonio's already a detective. I knew that. So, I know. I am so smart. SMRT. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, they tell Isabel that Damien killed Sylvia Castro and her friend Sienna, and Isabel's shocked that Sienna's dead. And. The minute they start to press her with more questions, she's like, I don't remember anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, and this is when they're in the interrogation room. And so, um, Voightenberg just leave the room and he says that, you know, let her go do her withdrawal. Let him, let her rest in one of the safe houses and then, you know, take Adam, get Isabel squared away. And so they go and set her up at the safe house and... You know, it's like just a normal moment. I know on the way out, Ruzik's like, so where's Damien staying? What's going on? And Burgess is like, will you stop? Yeah. Like, cute little Burzik moment. But yeah, and then they're in the car. Oh, my God. Oh, do you cover this in the Burzik section? You probably do. I did. Okay, okay. I will not talk about it then. I just, Burzik. I'm just, <laughs> it feels so good to talk about Burzik. Anyway. Okay. So anyway, Isabel makes a call to Damien saying the police are gone and they make arrangements to meet. And so when they meet up, Isabel's super happy to see him, but... PD shows up. And so Damien's like super furious, thinking that she sets him up and he puts her at gunpoint. And I think it's Burgess who shoots him, isn't it? I think so. And yeah, so they shoot him like in the shoulder and Isabel's like freaking out. She's just like, you know, why did you shoot him? Oh my God. And yeah, so Damien goes to surgery because he took two bullets, but he will live. And then Isabel is in bad shape and she's at a clinic with Antonio. Bryna, do you want to take it from here? Yeah. And so that scene just kind of finishes with um, Voight being pissed. And he's like, we need boots on the ground at all locations possible because we need to find these girls um, that supposedly Damien has also taken, um, kind of like Isabel. Um, and so Upton goes to see Raul again, um, who has a lead, but since it involves like a really dangerous gang, um, it could kill him. And so Upton kind of says, no, don't go with it. Um, and Burgess is there kind of, you know, to watch out for Upton, you know, make sure the whole situation's fine since they're meeting in a public place. But Burgess is furious. And so when Upton kind of comes back to tell her what's going on, um, she's like, well, my C- you're saying that we can take a risk on my CI, but not like Upton's, not yours. Um, and Upton's like, dude, hold up. First of all, Raul, you know, he's a friend and he's a husband and he's a father and, you know, you need to chill. And then she's also like, second of all, like, I didn't push, you know, like, I'm not pushing this. Like, you push Sienna. Like, she didn't want to do it. Um, and Burge is like, um, she says about Raul, she's like, he knows what his job is as a police informant. 
no, so crazy. no, no, no. I know. I just, like, I can't believe, like, the, the way her brain is processing this episode, it's just crazy how she's like, yeah, he's an asset of the Chicago Police Department. Burgess. Good Lord. Um, And so then we switch to med. And the first thing we see is Voight slapping Damien awake in the <laughs> hospital bed. Glad to know things don't change. Um, anyway, and he, Voight's demanding to know where he's keeping the other girls. Um, Damien says he's going to tell them where the girls are when they offer him total immunity. LOL jokes. Um, <laughs> but until then, they can kiss his Colombian ass. And he just keeps saying that he's like, nope, not saying anything. You can kiss my Colombian ass. Oh, my God, so bad. So bad. Um, and then Voight goes into this weird story about a guy who was in a motorcycle accident who ended up dying, but not because of the accident, from from a morphine do- overdose he had in the hospital, basically implying that he's going to kill Damien with morphine overdose if he doesn't say, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and he, even Voight, even, like, opens up the thing on the machine to, like, start changing, like, start pushing the numbers so that he can, like, change the amount of medicine that Damien's getting but they get interrupted when Damien's doctor comes in to check on him he's like nope nope we're all good he's crazy like I really don't doubt for a second he was gonna mess with the morphine oh no I have no doubt for any yeah no but like he was totally right if he dies the girls die yes yeah but anyway so then Boy and Al leave and they stop at the desk um, to visit our favorite nurse, Doris. Jokes. Um, of all of the crossovers we get this season, like, we, we haven't really gotten many crossovers. We get freaking Doris. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. So Voight asks her to pretend like she forgot a self, her cell phone in Damien's room. And so knowing that he would see it and use it and pick it up and try to call for help. And he does. And he calls another pimp whose name is Cesar Ramos and asks, you know, he's like, I need, you know, we need to make a trade or like, I, he's like, I need to sell this product. And it turns out he's talking about the girls because he talks about how he has seven of them because um, he needs cash and he needs to get out of there. So they end up using the call to Caesar to ultimately find the house where Damien had been staying and where he had been keeping the girls. But unfortunately, they were too late, um, as one of them didn't make it because in the hospital, Damien was talking about how one of the girls is diabetic and, you know, he doesn't care that she didn't have her insulin and whatever. So she didn't make it, but everyone else is still alive. And so then Voight and Burgess are interrogating Isabel again. And they're telling her how they found the other girls. But they need Isabel's help to, like, get something to stick in order to convict Damien. And so Burgess sits down and tells her this whole story about how they all hold out hope for love. And that deep down, though, she knows that, like, this love between Damien and Isabel's a lie. And she explains how she's been there, you know, loving someone who didn't really love her. Um, and that she kept pretending and hoping. And then she says, you know, eventually she said that was, you know, that was enough and she wanted more. Um, I about lost my shit at this moment. I know. Um, And kind of what, you know, parts of this is what I was thinking was we got an email from Kate and she said, you know, what was with the story she told, Burgess told Isabel, was it made up or was there some element of the truth, even if it's her own mixed up version? This is something I've never thought of. But she's like, was there a little Roman shade thrown in there? And then she's like, but she never really loved him. So it can't be. 
Yeah, I'm inclined to. Hmm. I don't. Well, I could see. Like, I, I feel like she fell kind of fast for Roman, like hard and fast. But Roman loved her. Or he says, so he says, <laughs> so he says, um, oh, and so worst. that doesn't fit this. My first thought was after I thought about Roman, I was like, oh, well, maybe who else could it be? Could it be Matt Miller? Don't know. Like, I mean, maybe she could have loved him and then clearly because he was willing to put his career, you know, over hers and her, like her and her career, um, Maybe he didn't actually love her, although he was kind of upset at the like when he slammed the door in her face. So I don't think he was upset about losing her. I think he was upset that she ruined his career. She screwed with his career. Yeah, yeah. But like, who knows? So it could be Matt Miller. Who knows? Oh my god! That was when I texted you in all caps, and I was like, "Did she actually just?" tell this story oh that's what it was so i thought it was what happened at the end like the very end of the episode no 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 it was this because i I was like is she seriously telling me right now that ruzik did not love her back i was about to like sit down with a list and be like let me list out all of the moments where ruzik has shown his love for you even this episode yeah yeah in season one episode whatever like yeah oh my god yeah just but yeah we're gonna talk about that more in depth in a minute yeah but anyway Isabel eventually reveals to Voight that she knows the location of the tyrant iron Damien used to kill Sylvia. So Damien can be convicted, and that is that. Um, so the last thing that kind of just kind of relates to the case, kind of, um, you know, Upton finds Burgess in the locker room, like, at the end of their shift, at the end of the night. Um, and she says, you know, that Burgess was amazing with Isabel and that, you know, they do have an, indeed have enough to charge Damien with murder. Um, and both of them kind of talk about how they're not happy at that happy that Lydia um, and Sienna had to die while doing their jobs. Um, and so Upton then reminds her, you know, that she, like she said earlier, like you have to trust your instincts. And yeah, it's such a crazy case. Just yeah, very, very case heavy. Yeah, very, very case-heavy. Yeah, there's not a whole lot much more to talk about. I mean, there is, but anyway. So... Um, can we take this opportunity to talk about Burgess and Upton and their budding friendship? Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts? I mean, we saw... That was the main partnership we saw throughout this entire episode. It was. And I don't hate it. There was a lot of talk about Upton on the internet. So much Upton talk. Yeah, like, people are kind of split. I just, Upton didn't, uh, and maybe I'll save the Upton talk for when we talk about Jay, but, like, I like them as partners because Burge, or not Burgess, Upton has a little bit more experience than Kim, has a lot more experience from what it seems like. And so, if they can be friends and also learn from each other, then that'll be great. And if they're going to start a friendship, this is going to feel a lot less forced than Lindsay and Burgess did. I was going to say, it feels a lot more genuine um, than Lindsay and Burgess ever did. But I don't know. I didn't mind. I thought Burgess was way more out of line than Upton was. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't know if I like, I mean, I'd prefer, I really like, one of them learning from Antonio. I don't think Antonio needs to learn anything from Al. Antonio's seasoned enough as it is. 
Um, so I'd really like to see someone learning from Antonio and Al. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if I want this partnership all the time, but I do like it in spurts. Yeah, I don't want it all the time. I like I like Burgess and Antonio. I mean, I want I want to see that's something I want to see more of is I want to see Burgess learning from Antonio because Antonio is going to be patient with her and take the time to, you know, explain. Well, and he's got so much to teach. He's got so much. So much to teach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so many stories to tell in a way that is not like Al. I hated Al with Burgess. Yeah. Hated it. And so, yeah, like I would love to see more of Burgess and Antonio. But this is a good friendship. And if this is the start of a friendship, I'm I'm cool with it. Because it seemed, like you, like you said, it seemed very genuine. Um, we'll talk more about Upton when we talk about Jay. Because I do have some opinions about that. But... I'm okay with it. And I mean, I, I, I would like to, I like to think that they both know as female cops, they've got to stick together. I'm sure. So, for sure. Yeah. Um, so. so let's talk about Ruzik slash Burzik. Um, say it again. Say it again. Burzik. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first, one of the first scenes in the episode um, is Ruzik's meeting with Alan Voigt and kind of gives him an update on the whole Denny situation. And, you know, He's like, yeah, boss, like, he bought it, um, whatever. And Voight's like, okay, well, now our next step is, like, his finding his biggest weakness. And Reese looks like, I already know what it is. It's you. Like, it's Voight. Um, and that's kind of all it really is. And then Reese leaves, and Voight asks Al, he's like, do you trust him? And, like, or do you believe him? And Al's like, yeah, I believe him, but that doesn't mean I forgive him yet. Which, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm just glad people are seeing that, like, Ruzik had good intentions. Like, I don't expect them to forgive him right away because he did go behind all their backs and, like, betray their trust and basically trying to turn on him or turn on them. I mean, them. he felt like he had to. Right. But, like, I, I'm glad that people at least see that. And, like, that doesn't mean that he needs to be forgiven right away. But I'm glad they're, like, seeing that. And especially right, Al. Right. Especially Al. Um, so that made me happy. Um, but that's the only, like, Ruzik, that's the only Ruzik scene that's, like, Denny-related. Um, and then, so, then the rest of it's Berzik. So, after they meet with Voight about Sienna's death and, like, talking about that as they're on their way out, Ruzik tries to comfort Burgess, and he's like, it's not on you. And she's like, I think I pushed you hard. And he's like, that's how it goes. Like, you were doing your job. You were either playing or you get played. But... He's trying to comfort her because he can tell that she's, like, so upset and thinks it's her fault. And he's just trying to tell her, like, no, like, it's not your fault. Like, it's the job. Oh, my God. Let's, like, add that to the list of things Ruzik has done to show that he loves her. So many. Season five, episode whatever. <laughs> episode 11. Point to the list. Yeah, episode 11. Um, and then, so kind of what Gina was talking about was so... Burgess and Ruzik take Isabel to the safe house and they get her squared away with clothes and they even leave a phone for her to use. Um, and so they're waiting because it's kind of a setup because they know she'll use the phone and call him or call Damien. So they're sitting in a car together and waiting. And Ruzik's questioning why Isabel would be protecting Damien. And Burgess is like, because she loves him. And Ruzik's like, love? Like, that's not love. He's like, that's Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> um and then I wrote in her outline, I was like, there's a lot more talk about love and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I really can't focus on that because all I really see is Adam's, like, heart eyes as Burgess is talking For about real. 
is talking about love and whatever. Um, and he, like, is not even I, – I feel like with their conversations, it always gets to a point where Adam's not even listening to what oh, he's no. saying because he's just, like, hard-eyed. Yeah. Like, he's all just like, I love her, I love her, I love her. I love her, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so their setup work for Isabel worked, and we already talked about that. Oh, my God. You know what I love, though, is how um, right before – Isabel made the call. Adam's like, I don't know if this was a good idea. I don't know if she's going to take the bait. And then she makes the phone call and like, you know, Ruzik like pats her on the shoulder or whatever. And he's like, like I was saying, that was a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ruzik. I love them. Just, uh, mm. um, He loves her so much. I know. And so the episode ends with them at Molly's because every good reunion, every good romantic thing starts at Molly's. Mm-hmm. Think about it, though. Lynn's dead. I miss them. Dossie, when they got back together the final time. Oh, my God. Now I'm thinking now, of Casey's speech. Burzik. Like, everything good starts at Molly's. Mm-hmm. I knew there was a reason why I wanted to call this podcast Meet Us at Molly's. <laughs> anyway. Side note. That was a side note. But, um, so she... Um, says, you know, she's like, that story that I told Isabel, like, A, I knew you were listening, B, that wasn't about you. Uh, I don't believe her. Can I just say that? I don't believe her. So you think that he doesn't love, but wait, she said in her story that, like, no, it can't be about him. I just don't believe her. I have no reason not to, but I don't believe her. I think it's like, I think part of that had to be Ruzik. I think part of it was. Maybe, oh, Maybe because then, right when they broke up, like, part of it was because she had found out he'd been engaged. Like, she was the third fiancé he had had, and she was worried about, like, whether she act- he actually loved her because, like, he- this was her his third engagement. I think so, and it was partly that, like, he couldn't commit. Right, and so, like, maybe it's not that, like, maybe she's saying, like, obviously that, like, not that he didn't ever love her, but maybe that, like, she didn't feel, I don't know, like, comparing it to those other relationships. So maybe it's, like, part truth. Anyway, that's all I just, I don't believe her. Anyway. Um, and so, Ruzik, being Ruzik, he, you know, makes a suggestion about um, going back to his place. And Birch is like, we can't. Um, he's like, why? And she's like, this will never work, you know, like. You know, we're, like, we work together. Uh, we're in two totally different places. Like, that'd be going backwards. And Ruth's like, well, why can't we go backwards? Uh, and Burge is like, no, no, no. She's like, we got to move forward. And then, all of a sudden, she's like, screw that. She's like, I feel like having some fun tonight. She grabs his face and kisses him and suggests they get out of here. Woohoo! And that's how the episode ends. Berzik, Berzik, Berzik. <laughs> it's about damn time right um and so we got lots of literally this was the only thing people wanted to talk about to us on twitter and in emails um um one of our favorite listeners jessica and she said she's like adam never stopped loving her you know and i think deep down kim knows she never stopped loving him i hope this keeps going and more good things happen for them I really hope this isn't, like, a fleeting thing like that time they made out last season and then never, ever addressed it again. Yeah. One of our other, one of another, like, loyal listener, Hallie, she said, I had faith their night of fun will lead to something. This is something I've been waiting for for two years and a year since that kiss outside. Um, 
She said Molly's. I don't think it was Molly's. Was it Molly's? It was the station. Yeah, outside the station, but close enough. Has it really been a year since that kiss? Almost, yeah. Which means it's been a year since Rixton? Yeah. Goodness. I mean, I think it's like almost a year. I think it was like February or March, but yeah, it's like almost been a year. That's crazy. I know. Um, And then in Kate's email... Um, she said, you know, don't think it will be a reunion yet. It's the beginning, but I'm afraid to trust the writers. We, um, will we see her say that it was a mistake on the heels of them working together and that it, um, a reunion with Jeffrey dies her job or his intelligence? She's like, I just don't want to see her break his heart again. He clearly wants to try again, but he looked shocked, though. Yeah, we were all yeah. shocked. It's interesting that she brings up her breaking his heart because... They kind of set up the initial breakup to make it look like, you know, Adam was the one who broke her heart. Yeah. I mean, they broke each other's, of course. But I feel like, especially this season, and you could arguably argue in this calendar year since that last kiss, that he's so in love with her and he's clearly been ready to kind of try again, but he's been so hesitant because, you know, she's now in intelligence and she, you know, wants to get herself clearly established in this new career and but I think that has just like even though he's she's never like come out and done anything that would actually break his heart but like it's clearly this past year has broken his heart because he can't be with the girl he loves right and he's been so respectful of her right space and just like he's been so patient about the whole thing um so yeah he's never out like outwardly like that breakup he didn't he broke her heart but like it's interesting because she has been the one that's breaking his heart for at least the past calendar year um so yeah yeah just oh i hope they're not messing with us and i hope this isn't a fleeting thing me too but we'll just have to wait and see so let's move on to talk about jay because there's only a little bit of jay in here but it's some significant stuff like in terms of his, his character so Right after Ruzik left um, with the whole thing with Voight now, um, Jay asked to speak to Voight in private. And he apologizes for the whole Camilla incident. He's like, I know I put you and the team at risk. And he's like, that wasn't okay. And Voight tells him, he's like, well, you're going to be on desk duty until further notice. And you also have an appointment with the psychologist later that day. Yes, it's about time someone makes Jay go see someone to get help. Right? And this is like, this is what I wanted Dr. Charles to do to Sarah on med and be like, you are getting help. This is what you're doing. Right. And it's like, if you want to keep your job, you, I'm not saying, you know, that you have to open up completely, but you need to at least go see somebody. And so Jay does, he like kind of reluctantly goes, but he does. Um, And he meets the psychologist and she's like, He's like, so how does this thing work? And she's like, well, if there's something you want to talk about, like, I'm going to listen. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, just mm. that's like exactly what you don't tell Jay in this instance. Because the minute you're like, if you want to talk, he's going to be like, uh, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. And so then later on, um, Upton comes up to Jay and she, like a different day, and she's like, well, how's therapy going? And Jay's like, eh, it's not really my thing. And Upton's like, well, he's like, I suggest 
you tell me if you if you're gonna attempt to take it seriously because if you don't then i need to find a new partner hmm okay see this is this is where upton started to bug me a little bit because I was fine with her telling Burgess being like, listen, you know, like you need to follow your gut. This is why I did what I did. This is that. This is whatever. But the minute she's like, I need to find a new partner. I'm like, okay, now you are creeping into know-it-all territory. Well, it also just, she makes it seem like um, she's been around for years and has all this authority. And it's like, um, no, Voight, as much as I hate that Voight gets to assign partners, Voight is the one that gets to assign partners. Right. That is not her call. And if Voight says he has to be on desk duty, he has to be on desk duty, but, like, he's still a part of the unit. Right, right. And this is this is where the internet kind of exploded because some people were okay with Upton here and some people were just not. I don't know. I guess I kind of fall in between. Like, I didn't – like, I wasn't, like, rage, 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 being like, this is no. But I also wasn't like, oh, my God, this is fine. Like, I was coming we're kind of in the middle. Um. But, so the episode in, ends, um, and kind of the last thing about this whole Jay stuff, is he goes, he makes the choice, and he goes back to see the psychologist, and he says, you know, like, I'm ready to talk. And we get DM from Hallie, and she says, you know, it seems like now Jay's understanding that it's okay not to be okay, and that you can ask for help. I still kind of wish it wasn't Upton that gave Jay his wake-up call. I wish it was Antonio or someone else who's known him longer. But with that being said, I was at the point, like Haley, um... If you're not going to take this seriously in terms of talking about therapy, then I can't be around you until you get help and take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Mm. And I mean, we've touched on the whole Upstead thing about why Upton's the one who's getting through the him. Like, I imagine they spend every waking hour together. And so, I mean, I get that. But yeah, she just kind of like I was cool with her mentoring Burgess. And then when this happened, she kind of turned into a bit of a know-it-all. And I'm like, well, there is why Jay doesn't want to talk to her because she's kind of talking down to him almost. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious, though. I'm more curious, like, forget all the Upton stuff, like, whatever. I'm just more curious to see if this is something we see again, like, Jay in therapy like, how is it going? Like, I'm curious to see that um, kind of results and effects from this. Yeah. That's what I'm more curious about. Like, yes, I guess I I don't care about Upton that much. I mean, I, I like Upton, um, but I in this moment, I wasn't more curious. I wasn't more angry with this. I'm more curious about Jay and how that's actually going to actually work. Yeah. I do want to see Upstead. Up, Upstead. I want to see no, Upton. Not Upstead. No, no. I want to see Jay and Upton like bond as partners. Like I want to see him open up to her. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like I said I've said this before. I think there's great bro TP potential there. Um, I just hope they let it actually get to that point. Um, yeah. But that's all that happened in Chicago PD 5.11. Gina, what are your general thoughts? This was a hard one for me to follow. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different parts to that case. Yeah. Yeah, it it was hard for me to follow, but it was really good. I mean, a lot of good stuff. I love, love, love that Berzik got not got back together but like we saw them back together oh my god like i missed them and just 
I love them so much. And I don't care what Brian and Ashley say. They had a slow burn, damn it. Just. Yeah. No, they did. It was a really good episode. It was really, really good. It was just, there were a lot of details, which made it a little difficult to follow. But I like my TV with a lot of details. So that was good. Yeah. No, I, I agree on all that fronts. And next week, I haven't gotten to watch the promo, but we're at the Atwater getting kidnapped episode, guys. No, I'm not ready. Atwater gets kidnapped. No. Unfortunately. No, not okay. Try again. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a shit show. I'm going to need some wine gonna, for this. It's going to be crazy is what it's going to be. Like yeah. We're definitely going to need wine. I mean, Atwater's a big guy. How do you like kidnap him? I, I don't know. You drug him. No. I Yeah. Not okay. Not okay. And like, you know, Ruzik's going to be flipping out. Burgess is going to be flipping out. Voight's going to be flipping out. If Jay is still on desk duty, he's going to be flipping gonna out. going to be flipping out. Well, he's not going to be like, mm, Atwater's missing. He's going to be like, get the son of a bitch who did this. Yeah, I guess. He's going to be flipping out in a Voight way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is it for episode 32. As always, you can find us on all forms of social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are at, we're Meet Us at Molly's. Please, please, please send us a DM on Twitter or an email, meetusatmollies at gmail.com, with all of your thoughts about anything when Chicago related. We would love to hear them and talk about them with you. Um, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at BrianaK13, Gina. I am at Gina Watches TV. And Ashley, who we missed so much while we were recording this episode. Um, Ashley is at Ash Nick N-I-C-K. I was about to say K. No, no N-I-C, <laughs> no K, um, 095. Um, so we will be back on Monday with a all new episode talking about Chicago Fire 607. No, 608. 608. Um, I think. 608. Okay. Um. And if you haven't listened to it already, go listen to episode 31 where we talked about the Met episode from this week. Um, But yeah. So otherwise, though, until then, we will see you guys on Monday. Have a great long weekend, especially if you get the day off on Monday. And yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.